Keep going. Check one, two. Welcome, folks. I'm Kevin. And I'm Sarah. We I talk like that all time. Oh, have you ever had Caroline make fun of your voice? Like, try and mimic your voice? Oh, no. Oh, it's the best. She really? does. She does it to me a lot. Cause she, what was she was doing something one time, <laughs> and uh, she was pretending to be you, and she was like, "Sarah, don't do that." And I was like, "Who's that?" And she goes, "Is that?" I was like, "Oh, oh my gosh!" gosh. <laughs> I died laughing. It's so cute. It's so funny to see her perspective on what things really are. Yeah. <laughs> what do they actually sound like? Right. Just getting everything situated here. Get a little comfortable. Have a little sip. Oh, that's nice. All right, that just kind of sets the mood a little bit. Uh, I don't want to hear you swallow, though. Oh, you don't want to hear the... No. Okay. But the ice jingling in the cup was nice. Let's see. Let's try that again. How was that? Still heard it. Oh, I'll cut it out. I'll do it in post. I'll yeah. cut it out. Would you like some gum before we get started? <laughs> Nah, good. You good? Yes. You good? Mm -hmm. It gets a lot of comments, but I don't. I don't know if podcasts are really concerned about comments. No, that's how they get. It, it's like almost like how YouTube is. Like they always tell you to go and comment. Oh, leave reviews. Leave reviews. On yeah. Apple Music or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Apple. That's true. iTunes. iTunes. Who uses iTunes now? I guess Apple people. Apple do, people but, do, but I. Gosh, it's okay. Yeah, that's everyone's use. I feel like everyone's using. Um, oh, it's a green app with black lines on it. Spotify. Thank you. Yeah. I've had so many people ask us to do a Spotify playlist. Playlist. And I actually started an account. I just need to like sit down. And now that I have time, I'll be able to do that. Yeah. Or more time, I should say. Right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Are we our, recording? We are we've been recording this whole time. Oh my god. You see that you see how sneaky I was. I Good was thing just, I didn't talk about the chin hair that I keep messing with. I need to get blocked. Oh, that's gonna be in the whole <laughs> Wow. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is us. We are real. That's right. <laughs> welcome to our very first podcast. This is a crash course, test run, pilot, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And um we're just hanging out. Like there's there's no no agenda here. It's just me and Sarah catching up. You know, we've been crazy busy and um this is just gonna be us kind of catching up and reconnecting a little bit so you guys get to listen in and we'll talk a little bit about our overland adventures and camping mishaps and experiences and all that <laughs> we kind have of a stuff. Few of those. Yeah, just a few. If you do not know who in the heck we are and you've just stumbled upon this podcast or maybe we're four years in the future and we have millions of followers or listeners or Whatever they're called. potties. Are they potties? PCers? I don't know. We'll figure that out. Listeners. Hey, classic listeners. Welcome to the show. Anyhow, I digress. We are Kevin. And Sarah. McHouston. We are Lifestyle Overland. Play intro. I feel like there should be like a video intro right there. You could, you could still play our theme song. I think so. Fun 
fun fact, my brother Kyle actually wrote the intro and, and, and that little outro that sounds very similar. Mm -hmm. So I want to hit him up and be like, yo, Come bro. with a cool podcast version. Yeah. Like somewhere in the middle, mm -hmm. something chillaxed. So we have not named this podcast. We've wanted to do something like Fireside Chat or something like that. We even, we're, we've talked about playing a campfire ambiance sound in the background. So you, you feel like you're just around a campfire with us. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that would be pretty cool. I feel like it's kind of cheesy. Welcome to our digital campfire. campfire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A little popping and cracking from the wood. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about who we are tonight. For those of you who don't know our backgrounds, I mean, we just kind of popped onto the scene. Here we are driving around this forerunner and going on all these crazy adventures, but we've never really talked in the videos about our backgrounds and how we got into that. Mm -hmm. So with, you know, the campfire, the digital imaginary campfire crackling here in front of us and, you know, the smoke is actually blowing in the perfect direction at this point. So right. neither one of us are frustrated right? and eyes burning and coughing and hacking. Mm -hmm. You just released your first video. Let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> How did it feel to to get out there? And I mean, you've been around the camera. You've used the camera from time to time. Yeah. But for it to finally be like, all right, Sarah, it's up to you. What what was what did you feel like when you first set out to go and film this adventure? I I wasn't as nervous as, as I think I thought I was going to be, but I was very excited. Like I had I I had high expectations for myself, but yet at the same time, it was very balanced with like. It's just going to be what it's going to be kind of right. thing, you know, not not trying to put too much pressure on myself because mm -hmm. I think if I had done that, then it would have been much harder Yeah, and not as fun. Well, I have to say like, I, and then I think that was one of the pieces of advice is, advice is one of the piece of advice that I gave you before you went was don't feel like you have to go and make something up. Yeah, because at first when we were talking about it, I kept being like, oh, we have to plan everything down to a T. I need to have a shot list. I need to do um, all this stuff. You would have to teach me how to do this and do that and that and that and that. And it just like ended up that we didn't get around to any of it until like literally three days before I left. Yeah. And then you were just like, just go and just film everything like we normally would do. Like you don't need to do anything extra. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a shot list, even though, you know, you did give me one. But you were like, just film. Yeah. And you'll be fine. And just let the story tell itself at that yeah. point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it turned out great. Thank you. I mean, I'm really blown away. So my biggest fear was when you came back with all this footage, especially when you told me you filled up two memory cards, which which is is a common thing to do when you're first starting out just to overshoot. Mm -hmm. And I was really afraid that we were just going to be wading through all kinds of footage to get a story. And it wasn't. Uh -uh. It was perfect. It right. really was. And, uh, man, I set you down in front of the computer, showed you how to use Resolve, which is DaVinci Resolve is, is what professional filmmakers use. I mean, a lot of people use Adobe, but I would say that it's probably even more intuitive than DaVinci. And you just picked it up within really 30, 45 minutes of me just sitting here showing you how to do the basics. That was impressive. That was so cool. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was a good job. Mm -hmm. Very good. But the, like, that, it was just the tip of the iceberg of what you've shown me, like... 
because once I like sat behind you and watched you work on the video for a while, I was like, I literally know how to do nothing on this stupid thing. <laughs> well, you know, 80% of it is, is, you know, getting all the right clips and stuff kind of lined up the way that you want. And then the rest is finesse. I mean, the little, you know, fast motion stuff to the music and time to the music and stuff is, that's the finer points. That's what, right. you know, puts the polish on it. And, and sometimes it's what people notice the most. But for us, we've always been story first, effects later. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, that was an awesome job. I'm really excited to to see all that. It's crazy to see how things have come full circle. Yeah. I I think one thing that has been odd yet and that I don't know that I have necessarily fully allowed myself to experience is that like when I was getting ready to go on the trip and while we were on the trip, it was such a rush of like accomplishment and like, I can't believe I can do this, yeah. <laughs> you know, and whatever. But like, now that the video's out and I'm reading all the comments and they're super great, but it's like, it's like it hasn't sunk in. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know if it was just the whirlwind of like our personal lives during the week. Sure. That have stunted some of the like, oh, right. kind of feeling that I think that I was going to experience. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely grateful for all the comments. Like, good Lord, I did not think there was going to be that many. Oh, there was a lot of action on there. But. Yeah. It's. Like, it just feels like, oh, you guys don't have to like it that much. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> Almost like you, you're a little embarrassed that it that it's doing maybe, well. Maybe yeah. so. And, and the feedback that you're getting. Yeah. Well, there were so many guys that were like, my wife will not watch any of these videos with yeah. me. But, like, they watch you. And especially this video, there's a lot of new people coming in just because of seeing you and Clarissa get out there. and. Well, I think I was, I was nervous that that portion where we did our happy hour chat. I was afraid I was going to lose a lot of people at that point. Really? Viewership wise. Just because it's kind of, it's slower. Yeah. It's not yeah. like a lot of people commented like, Oh, this is not the normal pace of a lifestyle overland video. But to me, I'm like, how is this any different than any of our other videos? Like to me, it still feels exactly the same. Like I feel like shot for shot, it's almost the same except for that. Maybe that little interview yeah. portion. But I will say that the average view duration definitely went, went down with this video. And I think it was probably because of that interview part. Mm -hmm. And it's just people fast forwarding through it. And, sure. and that's fine. And I, I knew that when we put that in there that, yeah, maybe 30% of the people would stick around to watch your discussion. But I felt that it was really important yeah. that, okay, now you've got a fresh new audience of women who are interested in watching you and your, so you get some excitement, some adventure, and then, okay, let's get real. Right. And then you sat down and you talked about it. I, I think that that was more important than the views, than, you know, the view duration and stuff to the right. to the video. Well, and like the point of us going was because we basically wanted to prove to ourselves that we were adequate enough to go by ourselves. Right. Because she has always gone with her husband and kids. Mm -hmm. I have always gone with you and Caroline. Like there's never been a time or opportunity where I would... I don't even know if I would even actually go all by myself. You don't think so? I don't know. Yeah. Unless like I needed it for some reason. Right. I think I would always take somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would be so lonely. Like, I think I would just like literally drive until it was like bedtime <laughs> and then just go up in the tent. It is different because I've been on a few by myself as well. And it's, it's definitely has a, has a different feel. And 
you know, it's one thing if you need it. It's one thing if you need to get away and just right. not have any interaction. But after, especially me, when my brain's just always going, after about two or three hours, you're like, well, okay, now I got to go do this and I got to do that. And, I, and not having someone there to interact with can can make it weird. Right. It can make it weird for right. a bit. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I, I get that. But I think you would be just fine. I probably would. Oh, even, even like this adventure that you went on with Clarissa, it wasn't surprising to me that you did just fine because for crying out loud, you drove to the Arctic twice. Well, and I mostly you know? navigated us all over Alaska. Like right. you literally like handed me the reins once we hit Alaska. It was right. like, where are we going to go? What are we going to see? Where are we going to camp? Right. Well, like I did 90% of that. You did. You absolutely did. And, and did it well. So yeah, none of this is surprising to me, but the camera work and the editing, awesome. Thank you. Awesome job. Thank I'm you. so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> so I'm sure the ladies are wondering and, and the guys as well, what's your background? Where do you come from? And how did you, how did you get to be an outdoorsy person? I mean, cause there's some girls out there who watch that and they're like, the only outdoors I see is from my front door to my car and then from my car to the mall. I mean, like that's like literally the playground, right? <laughs> like that's the park. That's, that's as much as they want. And that's okay. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people have preferences and I, I wouldn't say that that's wrong, mm -hmm. but yet people should also be open to new experiences. So how is it that you got into the outdoors and that you're okay with it and comfortable with it and, and desire it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I will definitely say before I kind of go like in depth of my background is that there have definitely been seasons in my life where if you had brought up camping, I would have been like, no, thank you. Not doing that right. at all. Um, but I'm one of four kids and I grew up on a little 10 acre farm. We always had cows for beef and we had a garden every summer granted it was never like a wildly successful garden uh -huh. but we had to do it almost every summer that I can really remember um and it was just the basics like corn and green beans and you know nothing soup tomatoes like right. not super fancy but um there was no caviar growing in the corner. No, no, no. My mom didn't get into fancy gardening like asparagus. And oh, like so lettuces. asparagus, asparagus would be considered fancy gardening. Yeah, because it, it takes time to grow it. How long does it take? Isn't it like two years? Oh, really? Yeah, like it takes like it takes time for it to grow, doesn't it? I that's new to me. We might have to have a fact check at the end. Of we this. might have. Yeah, we'll have to do a Google. We'll have uh, to do a Google search. Anyway. Um, I just grew up like playing outside. I grew up homeschooled. And so, you know, we were able to get our work done in a reasonable time. And so, you know, we were raised like, you don't go in the front yard until <laughs> after 3.30. <laughs> so you played in the backyard and we had 10 acres to go play on. And so, so you didn't go in the front yard because why? Because at the time when we were growing up and homeschooling was not fashionable, yeah, it was more like a cult at that point. It was, and people thought you were weird, and people called CPA a lot Yeah, growing up. I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's pretty crazy times. It is, yeah. especially considering now, like, every other person you meet have, was homeschooled or online schooled yeah. at least some point in time. 
Yeah. For sure. Times have changed. Oh, we, absolutely. We come out of the, come out of the hiding. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we had like barns that we could play in and, um, you know, we were building stick forts and tree houses and, you know, in the summertime we were eating Tommy toes or cherry tomatoes, whatever you people call it. Yeah. I might want to clarify that. Yeah. We called him Tommy toes. I don't know why. <laughs> there was this kid on our street. His name was Tommy. It was just this <laughs> weird thing that we did. <laughs> no. And no, we didn't have kid neighbors either. Oh, so yeah. it was like me and my siblings or my cousins in the summer. Cause they would basically come and live with my Nana. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So it was just us. Yeah. Just surviving yeah. on yeah. the farm. Yeah. Not surviving, hiding, hiding from the the officials and trying to get an education. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're like that sounds like your family, not mine. <laughs> we'll get to my family in a bit. Yeah. No, um, but yeah, and um, when I was like nine or ten, my dad bought me my first horse, and um, we did a lot of trail riding and just riding around the house, and a lot of that, but. That's kind of, I mean, like, that's, I just grew up outside. Yeah. Like, it wasn't. Like, chopping firewood and all that kind of stuff. Oh, gosh, yeah. In the summertime, that's, we did hay when it was time to cut and gather hay. And then we did firewood all summer long. Yeah. So being outside in the bugs and and sweat and all that kind of stuff is just just part Part of life. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how did that transition into camping? Did you do a lot of camping with your family? No, my mom does not like camping. Really? Yeah, because we never like went like actually prepared. Like we usually just borrowed things if we did any kind of camping things. And gosh, to be honest, I don't know if I've ever gone camping with my whole family. Wow. I mean, I'm sure we have. Mm -hmm. I could ask mom and dad. Right. But I feel like... Anytime that we did, it was like the kids were in a tent and the parents were in a camper or something really? like that. Yeah. Like it so, so just real quick, you have three siblings. Yes. What, what's, where do you fall? I'm in, the third. You're the third. I'm the semi-middle child. Okay. Yes. Would you classify yourself as a middle child? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's possible that you went when you were really young and just don't remember it. Right. Gotcha. Right. That's what I'm saying is that I can't remember. There were times like in church where like all the dads would take the middle schoolers camping or something like that. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, but those were always usually a disaster at some like If it rained, <laughs> like literally there was one time we were in a tent and it rained and it flooded the tent. Yeah. I don't think I slept in that night because I remember like. Like literally like being el- like elbow deep in water in like certain parts of the tent. Yeah. And then like them coming out of the camper being like, hey, you guys need to be quiet. You're waking everybody up. Our tent flooded. Like, what are we supposed to do? Move up here where it's not wet. Right. All of our stuff is wet. Yeah. It was terrible. Like literally like looking back and thinking about the or thinking about that story. I'm just like, no wonder people don't like camping is because they don't actually go ready. I, I think I think most people who don't camp have that story. I remember yeah. being a kid and, and having similar things happen where, and, and generally it was related to rain, you know, the Coleman dome tents that you bought at Walmart back then right. or Cabela's or whatever, they weren't the same quality. And the other side of it was, is they didn't get used very often. So the one you're in was probably 15 years old right. and dry rotted and, uh-huh. you know, it had a dog or a rat chew on it. But anyhow. they had a tent. But they had a tent. Right. So I think everyone kind of has that, mm-hmm. that story. Right. 
But from there, you know, there was a few like middle school trips with church and stuff like that. But then once I hit high school, our youth leaders, um, he actually would we would do like a yearly camping trip where like the whole high school youth would go. And granted, this is a small church. This is not a mega church. So it was maybe like 30 kids. It was not big at all. He actually would do backpacking trips. And so when I was probably 14 and 15, I did, I think it was like seven backpacking trips in two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. how, how how far of a hike would it be? I don't remember exactly, but I would want to say at least like. It was in the Smokies, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we went up to Hensley Settlement one time. Okay. So whatever that is up to there. Oh, you're probably like talking about seven, seven or eight, eight miles, miles one way. Yeah. 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 That's not, that's, that's pretty good little run. Yeah. But we did like Virgin Falls. Have uh-huh. you ever been there? I haven't, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And we, he actually did this series where we had to do four hikes in a year and you got a patch at the end and you mm, had to do patches. Yes. That, yeah. uh-huh. I wish, I doubt oh, I have it. Dude, if you had those patches. I doubt I do because I'm not a hoarder and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to kick myself in the pants for that. Well, I hoard some things, but they're like super random things. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Um, but it was like a series of four backpacking trips and to get the patch you had to do them. It was like Virgin Falls. And then it was like, I can't remember what the other two one, but the last one was, um, Oh, he had a special name for it. I think we should mention that this is in East Tennessee, by the way. Yes. in, In the Smoky Mountains. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Eskimo Run is what he called. Oh, yeah. And, and we had to go in the winter in the oh, snow. Geez. And it wasn't snow the whole time, but like, you know, depending on what your elevation was, like, I'm pretty sure it was like January, February right. when we went. I did I did that one and camped in super cold weather. Wow. And on the ground. What kind of tent was it? It was a little tiny two-person one. Okay. Like a little dome tent. Yeah. Okay. And like usually two of us were in each tent. Wow. Did you get cold? Very cold. Because yeah. I did not know how to work the space blanket. I didn't do it right. Okay. I did my sleeping pad and then I had my sleeping bag. And then I did a space blanket and then we shared a sleeping bag over us and then a space blanket on top. Uh-huh. Whereas what I should have done is a space blanket underneath my sleeping bag oh. and the space blanket on top. So uh-huh. it would like trap the heat between. Yeah. But we didn't do it right. Yeah, because we were cold. That snow will sap the heat right out your back Mm -hmm. all the time. Well, cool. Yeah. But we also learned um, part of it was we, he would drop two or like two of us with like one of the older guys that used to camp, like Evan, Uh Phil and Evan. Yeah. He would drop two of us off with them and then they would hike on for a while and we had to wait like 45 minutes. And then we had to use a compass to, end up meeting at the end of somewhere. And this is like without digital, like if we had gotten lost, we would have gotten lost. Like, I can't believe my parents (laughs) let me do that. Like looking back, I'm like, you don't have a Garmin. (laughs) No, you can't do that. Right. right. But no, we, and so we had to put up our own tent. We had to cook our own meal. We had to start our own fire and we had to compass our way back to the car. Jeez. With them to get the patch. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. It was. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't hard. Well, but. I mean, yeah, you've been already practicing hiding from the officials and stuff with right. homeschooling. And so right. you were, you were kind of ready for being on the run and I, I was ready for a challenge. navigating your way through right. the wilds of the Smoky Mountains. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. I, I think you're ready for the rebel rally now. Yeah. Yeah. 
I definitely need to work on my compass work. <laughs> Ooh I'd be like, much. can we not pull up Gaia? <laughs> Please. Oh, geez. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So. But then I stopped when I got like yeah, I was gonna 16, say, 17. Yeah, you hit that age and then it was like probably nothing for a while. Yeah, I didn't I didn't ride horses anymore. Didn't camp. Uh-huh. When did you start camping again? Not until Caroline was 15 months old and we were married. Now, wait a minute. You're forgetting. Oh, we went on a camping trip right after we got married. A couple. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Although I will be fair and say that it wasn't really hard camping. It wasn't remote camping. It was my great aunt's property down on Watts Bar Lake in Tennessee. Yeah. But yeah, but we still slept in tents and like cooked our food on yeah. little Coleman grills and yeah. whatever. But I think right. I literally took my big char grill. We grill. did. Yes. We loaded when, that. When we went with Evan and Charlie and right. John and Ellen. Like this 200 pound stainless steel grill mm-hmm. loaded in the back of the truck and took it with us. We had Zeke Road. That, that my friend is what you call car camping. Yeah, when you take the When you say car camping, that's what I envision. Yeah. You got everything. Yeah, that's, I mean, and then once we moved out here, we didn't do anything like that. And I feel like that's when I kind of got into my sissy phase where I was like, yeah. No, I want to look cute and have nice hair, wear makeup, and well, that was a tough transition. It Mo- was moving to New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, so just to give the listener a bit of a history lesson, two thousand nine. No, we moved here in two thousand ten. Two thousand ten, March. My bride of barely over a year. Mm-hmm. I uprooted her from friends and family in East Tennessee, and moved to Nowhereville, New Mexico. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least what seemed like Nowhereville. Yeah. It was a tough transition. I mean, I agreed to it. Yeah. But I had just I just dropped out of college and then Kev was like, Hey, do you want to move to New Mexico and go make a bunch of money? And I was like, Whatever. I don't even <laughs> care. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I didn't even look up where we live on the internet. And my mom, like two days before we like packed the U Haul, was like, Have you looked up the town that you're moving to? And I'm like, No. She goes, You might want to. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. Oh. I didn't know anything about it. Literally nothing. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's that's called denial right there. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible short story because that's let's back self, up. That's self-preservation slash denial. <laughs> let's back up a little bit because you make it sound like I just kind of held you hostage. No. No, no, no. I don't think that's how it sounded. You don't think so? I don't feel like I was held hostage. I totally agreed to it because I, you know. I just dropped out of college. I didn't know what else I was going to do. Yeah. And so I was like, well. Well, we... and the other reason you dropped out, not because you couldn't balance both. The other reason was the fact that you were looking to be a music teacher and you did the research on what they make a year. And it was like, ooh, I'm going to spend this much on an education to go mm-hmm. get paid this much for a job that is really hard to find on top of all that. Yeah. So there were other factors involved. Oh, yeah. There were so many factors involved. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whew, got deep there for a minute. Oh, we could go deep. We could go real I deep. I love deep. You love deep. Well, we're probably going to go deep in this podcast. But uh, that would, for, the that would first, be too long. for the first pass. Let's not. Yeah. For the first pass, we, we want to keep people around. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking the other day that, you know, this is the opportunity for people to get to, like, really know us. I mean, we're... Guys, we're we literally are just everyday people who've done everyday stuff 
and stumbled into this whole YouTube thing. Absolutely. I mean, just literally stepped in it. We did not set out to be YouTubers. No, not at all. Not at all. But when it did take off, that was exciting. And it's been an amazing journey Yeah. to get to where we are now. Right. That's a whole other podcast, though. That is. It's a great story, though. Yeah. So this is just, maybe, maybe we're just talking about some sneak peeks as to what we're going to talk about in sure. the future. This mm-hmm. is this is good. It's good. This is good. Mm-hmm. So tune, tune back in next time when we go deep. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But anyway. But, yeah. So anyways. Mm-hmm. And well, so we moved to New Mexico in 2010. Yeah. And then we didn't go on our first camping trip until 2014. That's right. That's right. And I guess that's kind of where my story picks up too but Mm -hmm. the rest is history that's when we started kind of filming a few things here and there yeah and really got the bug because we realized oh my goodness guys new mexico is massive right 49 percent of new mexico is public land and you could throw a rock and hit a trail and there was always something new around the bend yeah in such diverse environments that that's when we fell in love with that is is what's around the next corner Mm-hmm. what's over the next hill and here we are and we started sharing that story and boy people picked up on it and and the rest is history as they say yeah i love new mexico i really do i mean dare i say more than tennessee i i would agree i would i would you know it's funny when people ask you like well what's your favorite state oh gosh oh gosh that's tough because because there's there's pros and cons to every one of them uh, yeah but I think New Mexico is where you and I connected. Yes. And where we made our family mm-hmm. and where we overcame a lot the biggest struggles of our lives yeah. in this state. Yeah. Surrounded by this this environment. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I would I would say that New Mexico I would I do love New Mexico more than Tennessee for those reasons. Mm-hmm. But, like just driving around here, just like like even today when I was driving home and the sun was setting and this morning when Caroline, the cat woke us up so early yeah, and I rolled over and I looked out and the horizon was just like blood orange. Yes. And I was like, look at this guy. I was so close to getting up and setting up a time lapse and I was like, no, I need to sleep. I yeah. need to stop thinking about cameras for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just going to think about podcasts. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. So with my story being shared, yeah, why don't you tell us your beginnings? My beginnings. Mm-hmm. Well, grew up in East Tennessee. Um, my parents and their parents and their parents and their parents grew up in a little town called Rockwood, Tennessee. And as far as I know, not really anybody has ever moved away from there. And so um, with a deep family history, you know, we... We grew up there, and like you, I was homeschooled as well. Uh, started when I was in fourth grade, though. So I went to public school up until fourth grade. Okay. And then um, I was homeschooled. And so, you know, again, just grew up outside, grew up building forts and running through the woods. Because you grew up on a farm, too. Yeah. The, well, the farm didn't really come into play until I was probably about, I don't know, seven or eight. Oh, that's true. But, yeah, I just grew up. Grew up outside. I mean, I remember catching, staying out until nine or ten o'clock at night, catching lightning bugs and, oh, yeah. and stuff, and 
you know, my summers were spent with scabs all over my legs and arms from mosquitoes and ticks mm-hmm. and chiggers and all that kind of stuff just from constantly being, being out outside. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that, that it was just a natural thing to be, to be out there. And then, you know, the farm came along. And so I spent a lot of time working with my granddad and, um, just taking care of, you know, the animals and all the maintenance and stuff that comes with the farm. And, uh, my family did go camping. I wouldn't say often, but two or three times a year, but oh. generally those stories, <laughs> Because your mom and sister do not like camping. No, they don't. And, at all. And the reason for that is because every time, without fail, every time there's been something that's just been just catastrophically wrong. Catastrophically wrong. wrong. Yeah. Um, I remember one time we went um, on Watts Bar Lake there. There's there's an island called Thief Neck Island. And um, we all loaded up in the boat. It's the only way to get to it. And so we had this 12 foot, oh, I 1957, <laughs> I think it was made by Sears. It was an aluminum boat with a, a 15 horse Evinrude. And we had that thing loaded down with, I think it was me, my sister. I don't know if Caleb, my, my next brother had come along at that point, but we had this thing loaded to the hilt and going four miles an hour through the water to get out there to our camping spot. And we got all set up and it, you know, it was really... It was really cool. I think we were going to spend like three days out there. Well, the first day, my sister and I would get full on sunburnt. I mean, just burnt to a crisp because mm. they forgot to put any sunscreen on us. And uh, so we were miserable. Well, the only thing that she, my mom had was some sunscreen. She's like, here, rub this on it. Maybe it'll help. Oh, my gosh. It lit us up. We were on fire. Oh so we were gosh. like, we were like crying. We were down in the lake trying to wash it off <laughs> and, you know, washing off something that's already burning on the sunburnt skin. You know, it just wasn't that, it wasn't that great. Right. And so <laughs> survived through that. And like that night we're in the tent and uh, there's a lot of night fishermen at this time of year that, that come out. And so somebody decided that there was a great spot right in front of our camp. So oh they're they're literally 20 yards off the bank and they've got black lights on. So my mom needs to go to the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> I remember My this. mom's not camping in shorts and t-shirt. My mom has her full on white mama, Classic mama gown, you know, gown. Yeah, oh, yeah. with you know the little red flowers and stuff in it. And so she's held it as long as she can, and she's finally like, I've got to go. And so she <laughs> unzips the tent, and you can imagine <laughs> this this nightgown just lit up like a ghost. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so so these fishermen, I don't know what they had to have thought about that. So she went up into the woods and did her, did her, her business or whatever. And the next day, we had this... Um, really bad rainstorm. So we're, we're playing games inside the tent and we're like, Oh, this isn't so bad. We can survive. And you know, the tent's leaking a little bit, but they've got air mattresses. And so we're kind of floating up on the water and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, we'd advanced quite a bit by that oh, point. Wow. And then Casey, the black lab pukes. Oh yeah. Full on pukes right there in the tent. And so, yeah, that was, that, that was the next piece. I think I would have just thrown the tent away. Yeah. Well, we get through that. We all, you know, we have a good night. We get up the next morning. We're getting in the boat. You stayed the night? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so we load up. It's time to go back. Get in the boat. Boat won't start. 
will not start. And so we're sitting there yanking on this thing, yanking on this thing. Well, here comes this massive storm moving in in the meantime. And so we're paddling. <laughs> We've got one paddle. And for whatever reason, there was like a like this little two-by-two two stick that was in there. So we're all just like using our hands, whatever we had, just to try and paddle our way oh my across the lake. And here comes this massive storm rolling in and like white caps. It's just going nuts. And fortunately, uh, around the bend comes a game warden. And so he's like, you guys need Does some he tow help. You in? And he tows us in before the worst of the storm finally hit. And it was just, I mean, it was literally like three quarter inch hail that came through right after we got inside when we got back. So yeah, oh my gosh. that's just, that's just one snapshot of, of right. a camping story that everyone has yeah. at some point in their life. So yeah, I grew up doing that. Um, as far as like four wheeling and stuff. Yeah, anytime you had the opportunity to put your truck in four-wheel drive. It wasn't something that I went and sought out. Like, I wasn't a rock crawler by any means. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Big South Fork and, and places like that, any chance that we got, we'd get out and and run those roads and, and kind of the building blocks to where we are now. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it wasn't until we came to New Mexico and Tyler Cox. That's right. Some of our first New Mexican friends um, and said, hey— going out this weekend, going, going wheeling. What's wheeling? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going, I'm going four wheeling. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, what, what do you, what you got? He's like, I got a Jeep Cherokee. It's all built out. And so I, you know, grabbed, grabbed my stuff and we headed out that weekend. And, um, and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, that sounds so boring. Yeah. But Tyler's wife was like, no, no, no. It's actually really fun. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. And didn't did not know what to expect. Didn't know what to expect. Had an absolute blast. Yeah, you came back with like a glimmer in your eye. Oh, I was like, oh boy. There, there were two. There were two things that happened on that trip that were life changing. Number one. I know what it is. You, do you know what it is? Uh-huh. Okay, I'm gonna say it, and you tell me if I, if you're right. Okay. I was introduced to Ryan Bingham. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. So uh-huh. Ryan Bingham is probably my favorite artist now. Yeah. Uh, his music just embodies New Mexico and Southwest mm-hmm. and West Texas. And the other thing was being introduced to New Mexico, like really introduced to New Mexico and all the miles and miles of trails that are available out there. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do a lot. We didn't travel very far. I mean, he even trailered the Jeep out there. I mean, it was more built up for more extreme stuff. Right. And so it wasn't what I would even classify as overlanding, but just, boy, I got the bug at that point. And it wasn't long after that. We went on several trips and finally I'm like, okay, I, I want something. I want to, I want to do this kind of deal. Cause yeah. in the meantime, I was in Volkswagens. Remember? Yep. We were doing drag racing. Yeah. We were doing some drag racing with a 1964 standard beetle with a 2332 CC turbocharged You started engine. with the black one. Yeah. That literally hang out the back end of it with a spoiler. Yeah. It was stupid. Fa- it was it was going to kill me. The black one? I don't know. No, the, the orange, orange one. one. The orange one. The black yes. one was a, it was a rat rod. Yeah. Yeah. It was cute though. So decided, okay, it's time. I want to get out. I want to go see New Mexico. Mm-hmm. I want to get, I, I want, I want to do this. This is, this is awesome. And we've been looking for a Land Cruiser for a long time. Like, right. like, like wish list vehicles. Land Cruiser was up there. FJ40 was up there. Well, and also along with that, you were, you have always been really big into 
making sure we had something to do as a family. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And like, not to say that I didn't grow up like that. Like we had our own things, but they were not outside things. You know, like our thing probably for my family was like, uh, watching movies where we all really, all of us are musical in some sort of fashion. Right. Um, and so when you were like, this would be something we could do as a family, Sarah, it'd be so great. And I'm like, why do we have to do everything together? Like, I, I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get it at the time for sure. Yeah. So anyhow, we've been shopping for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And one day, jump on Craigslist, like I do every day, several mm-hmm. times a day. Yes. Always shopping. And here's this 1980 HJ45 Land Cruiser. And not only that, but it has a pop top. Mm-hmm. Now, it is right-hand drive, and that worried me just a little bit at first. But the price, compared to, like, all the other Land Cruisers that we had been seeing, was almost half Yeah, for the condition that it was in. Right. And all, we were like, what's wrong with it? Why is, why is right, it so cheap? Right. So immediately, I mean, literally, I finished reading the ad. I called you. Yeah. And I said, I'm sending you a link. Look at this right now, because if this is true, it is not going to last. Right. We need to buy it tonight. And so we went back and forth several times and what was it within like a couple hours, I called the guy and I said, you know, if this is legit, let's do this. Yeah. He was up in Albuquerque. He was in Albuquerque, Santa Fe. And, uh, I said, okay. And I walked through all the different stuff. He sounded like a really honest guy and he sent me a bunch of extra pictures and stuff. And I was like, all right, if you can bring this thing down here this weekend, I'll give you what you're asking for it. He's like, done. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to camp in it one more time too. Yeah, he did. He -hmm. did. And he was actually a fairly active member on IHateMud.com, the forum. Mm -hmm. And so I I got to see the history of the vehicle and stuff like that. So he was legit. And uh, yeah, that next weekend, next thing we know, here comes the troopy, troopy. as we called it, Mm -hmm. into the driveway. And uh, that got it all started. Went on a few trips with it. Um, yeah, you, we couldn't, me and Caroline couldn't. Yeah, Caroline was only about seven six months, months. Seven months, six, something. seven months, yeah. Yeah, so the, the plan was is I would get it all built out, and then we would go and do some stuff as a family in it. Yeah. And uh, so I started working on it, working on it, and boy, that 350 that was in it was just questionable. I did not know if it was, you know, reliable enough to trust my family, and so I started researching other engines to put in it, and boy, that turned into another five or six month hall of fabrication and it was supposed to be an easy swap and it was not you know the the adapter that was in there was defunct and there was there was not another adapter that matched it and it threw everything off and so i spent basically about five months back and forth getting that thing shoehorned back into the into the troop and in the meantime um caroline's getting older and we're like you know what we really need something that's probably a bit safer yeah, because at the time we just had a truck, a GMC. Yeah. And then we had my terrain. Yeah. And so it was like, no, we we probably need something. This a little can be more family-friendly. Yeah, family. this can be a long-term project and mm-hmm. because it has value. You know, it's an right. asset. Let, let's be honest. I mean, like, it's in, it's in such good shape that we, we always knew that we could sell it if we needed to. But we'd already promised ourselves that come hell or high water, we would always keep, you know, the beast. Right. Oh, absolutely. And so... um that's when we started looking, and but we want we didn't want a forerunner at the time. No, no, we wanted what everybody else had—the FJ Cruiser. Yes, 
They were so cool. Yeah. And then we went and test drove it. <laughs> and I hated it. Well, we wanted it, but when you had to put that car seat in the back of it with Caroline, yeah, that was miserable. We were like, this is not going to work. Yeah. We just, we tried, we test drove like three of them. Yes. Hoping that for some reason, <laughs> yeah, we would go, each one would hey. feel different. And not to say that it was impossible, but we could already tell it was going to be it a hassle. It was going to be miserable. And the storage well, was And the storage was nothing. Yeah. Like we would have, it would have been like the size of a Jeep. Yeah. Like a two-door Jeep. Right. And there's just no room. Yeah. So the dealer says, hey, you guys really ought to try this forerunner over here. And we're like, oh, was that we felt cool. defeated. Yeah. We felt defeated. Yeah. We were. And we're like, well, we're here. We might as like, it's lunchtime, but let's, yeah, let's go ahead and, and test drive time. it. Mm-hmm. So we popped the car seat in, we got in it and the, <laughs> there's never been anyone's mind change as fast as what it was that day. Yeah. I mean, it literally was a mile down the road. And next thing I know, I'm sitting in the front seat. Sarah's behind me. She leans forward and whispers in my ear, let's buy it. Yeah. And we hadn't even tested like the crawl control or yeah. for high and for low. Like we hadn't, yeah. it, that was just on highway. Well, the fact you could see out of the dadgum thing. Oh, I know. I mean, I love the FJ, but it's like driving a tank, y'all. I mean, it really is. You can't see out of that right. thing. You yeah. really can't. The blind spots are terrible. And it was like it was like going from a little standard definition TV to jumping in a widescreen TV when you went in that Forerunner. Yeah. And it was like, wow. And so much storage space. Right. And comfort wise. It and was... essentially the same wheelbase as well with all of the same. Well, I, I take that back. The Trail Edition, which is what we got, had all the same capabilities that the FJ did. Right. And that's what really won us over at the mm-hmm. end was the rear locker, the crawl control, the traction can select and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, okay, we're sold. Yeah. And the rest is history. That's when Silver became part of the family. family. And literally the next weekend, we, we, were, camping. we were out putting harsh stripes down the side of it Yeah, and pinched a tire. Yep. That first Dunlop, it, it made it down one trail, yep. pinched the tire, put a put a little gash in it. And so the next morning we were, we were setting that discount tire when they opened, put BFG KOs, the original KOs on it. Mm-hmm. And that was her first upgrade. Yeah. And that was the beginning of what Do you remember are. what our second upgrade was? Second upgrade. Yeah. The icon suspension. Oh. What were you going to say? I thought it was the cooler. Oh, the, the fridge. Mm-hmm. That was like the third thing that the we third got. Thing. Okay. Yeah, we got the suspension. Actually, we might have got them pretty pretty close together because um, we were going to Colorado. <gasps> That's right. Yeah, yeah. So that was basically about the same time. We didn't have the ARB for that though. Oh, you're right. We didn't get we were that staying till we came in a cabin. Back. Yeah, because I remember going down the trail and having that red igloo cooler next to Caroline and it going whoosh, 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 whoosh the whole And when way. you decided to whoop it. <laughs> I forgot about that. And it bouncing up and hitting oh the ceiling. Gosh. And we looked at each other and I was like, that was not smart. <laughs> so we came around the bend and there was a section of trail up in Colorado and Tyler, the one who introduced me to New Mexico, was actually behind us in his uh, XJ. Mm-hmm. And we had been riding dirt bikes. And, uh, 
you know, you, in, in dirt bike riding, you have the whoops, the whoop section, which is, you know, a series of two to three foot Mounds. embankments or yeah. whatever. And so I see this ahead of us, very similar terrain that I, I jokingly <laughs> got on the radio and I go, whoops, <laughs> and punched it. And you punched Because I got this new icon suspension. I'm like, might as well test it out, right? Uh-huh. And just, oh, man. Nailed it, some of them. I nailed it. I, I, I didn't hold back. No. And we're all laughing. It's doing pretty well. But then I look in the rearview mirror and here goes the cooler hitting the ceiling. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's not so funny anymore. <laughs> Oh yeah, good times. That was times. that like that still makes me hee haw laugh. Oh, it's my. so good. And, and like Tyler is a fairly serious person. Yeah. He he comes he over was, the radio. He was crying. He was yeah. laughing so hard. He He's was like, crying. Oh my gosh, I didn't think you were gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that made it. That yeah. made the trip. It it did. It really. That did. was hilarious. Yeah. So that was the beginning. I mean, that's my story to bring me to, you know, our Overland legacy. Well, um. Why don't you share your digital background? Like what made you comfortable and proficient enough to even think about videoing our trips and then making videos from them? Well, I'd always been keen on electronics. Like I've always, I remember, you know, getting my first Nintendo, my first Game Boy, um, and then very early on got my own computer and did you know website design and stuff like that um i remember when even further back than that though when camcorders became really popular you know like the huge ones that look like a news crew where you like Mm -hmm. put a full vhs in it (laughs) you know christmas would come around and i i wanted to run the camera so generally i would say probably for six years straight like if there was a family event i was running the camera and i have to say that was something that was very hard for me to get used to (laughs) when we first started dating because i remember going down for i don't think they pulled it out for thanksgiving but for christmas they did and like I, i think they pulled it out when you just came down to be introduced to the family as my girlfriend right wasn't there weren't there cameras involved no because uh-uh. my brothers were into it as well. Right, but they were they were littler than I feel like it was that that Christmas. Okay. Because traditionally that's when the camera got pulled out so that you could videotape opening presents. Right. And your little brothers, I think it was probably Caleb and Kyle, yeah. were in charge of the camera, mm-hmm. and they're like getting all of in my face, and I'm like, what is even happening? Because oh, yeah. my family, we're lucky if we get pictures of family <laughs> gatherings. We are not. Yeah technological people and so all that to say is it was a big adjustment getting used to yeah it was just a part of life the cameraman like my for those of you who don't know i have three brothers and one sister i'm the oldest of all of them Mm -hmm. so my sister is three and a half years younger than me i was about to say don't say her age she will she will shoot you (laughs) well okay so i'm 38 My sister is three and a half years younger than me. Um, You're so mean. My next brother down is 10 years younger than me. My next brother down is 12 years younger than me. And the youngest brother is 15 years younger than me. So there are basically two sets of kids that grew up in that house. But I will say that, like, all of them are very artistic. Very. very in some form or fashion. In some form or fashion. And, like, I would I would even say that my brother Kyle, the one who wrote, you know, the music for us, is I would say he's a prodigy. I mean, I, I would say that 
one day you guys will probably see his name on some kind of film scores, film scores, Spielberg film score. He's already done some high profile uh, movie trailers mm-hmm. and short films and stuff like that. So it's just a matter of the right person, you know, hooking him up. Right. But back to your story of like getting proficient in camera work and editing. Right. And- so, yeah, I'm just saying that that was that was just kind of my whole family lifestyle. So it was just kind of a natural progression to that point. And when we started doing our trips. No. <laughs> camp. You know what? I'd almost forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So this is a sneak peek into the story of how we met. But we worked at a summer camp. And that's where Sarah and I met. And at this summer camp, it's Camp Tapawingo in Watauga, Tennessee. Just outside of Johnson City, Tennessee. And uh, every week they would go around with the video camera and get clips of the different activities and the kids doing different things. And then on Friday, when the parents came in to pick up the kids, we'd have a video. And like a little eight to 10 minute, yeah, even less than that, probably yeah, video sometimes. And, of and our they activities were, of the they week. They were generally pretty cheesy, but like I would stay up till two or 3 a.m. the night before Thursday night mm-hmm. getting this video ready. Yeah. And it was just a blast. We, you know, we had some other counselors and stuff that, that worked what, with us. Uh, what software did you use? Windows Movie Maker. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, very, I mean, like I said, production quality wasn't that great, but. But they were always so good. They like, were. I remember Fridays being like the highlight. Like, oh, yeah, everybody if, was especially waiting for if that. Especially if you got to be, in, if you like if were, you in, were the video, in the video, you're like, yes, oh, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's actually. Because yeah. I went there as a kid. I know. That's, that's crazy. That's pretty crazy. Anyway. So, anyhow. Yeah, so videos at camp, mm-hmm. videos as a kid, and then started doing our travels. And so really, the I guess the turning point was when we decided to do the Enchanted Rockies Trail. So it was a trail that I researched for months. Mm-hmm. I mean, months between Google Earth and Google Maps and Gaia GPS and developed this trail system. And uh, it was literally days before I had been... I'd put this camera in my Amazon cart and I'd taken it out and I'd put it in and taken it out because it was relatively expensive for us at the time. Mm-hmm. And finally, Sarah's like, why don't you just order the stinking thing? Because if you don't, you're going to wish you had the you're whole You're going to kick yourself time. yeah, uh-huh. for, for not having this thing. And so literally, I think we were waiting for UPS to show up before we left to go on the Enchanted Rockies Trail. Mm-hmm. And... I was reading the manual <laughs> yep. as we were driving to the first trailhead. Like, how does this thing work, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was the beginning. Yeah. Film this thing so that we could show Caroline when she got older. And yeah. Like, I didn't realize that you were going to make, like, videos. I thought it was just going to be like, here's footage of our trip. And then when he started, like, editing these, vid- like, creating right. these videos, I was like, Oh my gosh, these are actually like really cute mementos. <laughs> like right. I love the fact that you're actually like taking time to do this, not just like stockpiling. Right. You know. Yeah, like a slideshow from this the seventies right. kind of thing. Let's mm-hmm. show you our trip. No, I wanted it to be a story. Yeah, and like putting music to it. Yeah. And Ryan all Bingham. That. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so put those things up on YouTube and said, Hey family, here's the link. Go check it out. See what you think. And I get on there a couple weeks later, and it's like 400 views. Well, whoa. Who are these people? Who, who are these people? <laughs> Where our families are not that big. And a few weeks later, a couple thousand views, and it 
and it just took off. And to be fair, it wasn't it wasn't a fast growth by any means, but right. But it took off, mm-hmm. and then here we are. Yeah, here we are. Three so years, crazy. three and a half years later. Yeah. So now we're as of tonight, we're at one hundred and twenty thousand subscribers on YouTube. That's crazy. It is. It really is. We're seeing almost seven hundred thousand views a month right now. Yeah. People at school don't believe me when I'm like, no, I'm a YouTuber. Like, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, I am. They look it up and they're like, you have like a hundred thousand subscribers. You are famous. Like this one girl, like literally almost lost her mind the whole day. Uh And I was like, calm down. You keep keep dropping these sneak peeks. People are like, wait a minute, school? What? Sorry. Yeah. Why don't you explain that really quickly? I am in cosmetology school. Mm. Yes. I've always wanted to do hair has Uh, been my thing. Um, I didn't finish school college the first time around and Kevin and I have always talked about like, if something was to happen, what could I do? Like like happened to me. Right. Right. Or if like we got into some financial strain of some sort. Well, and and that's kind of where we've been with the RV situation. Right. Right. Um, I'm a really great waitress. But I'm 31. I don't really want to. You've still got it. I do. You got a free drink the other night. I did. I got a free beer. Yeah. Like a $7 beer. Right. That's right. But I didn't necessarily want to do that necessarily again, even though I miss it. And so anyway, so we, well, when we had moved back here, we decided to put Caroline in school and Kev's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back to school too. He's like, oh, you are? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to cosmetology school. So... And here we are. And here we are. That's awesome. And I'm really good at it. You are freaking amazing at it. Mm-hmm. Like she's a teacher's pet, y'all. <laughs> she's already the teacher's pet. They're already wanting her to like to continue and be like go to school to be a teacher, right? An instructor. An instructor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's rocking it, which, yep. you know, is not surprising to any of us. I'm surprised at some of the things that I'm good at that I like nails. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to do nails. Can I just skip this person? Yeah. So this professional overlander is now yes, a <laughs> doing cosmetologist. Nails. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the idea is that you can go anywhere. Yes. You can go anywhere and do that. Yep. Yeah. So maybe we'll spend a little extra time down in Australia and you can show them how Americans do nails. Yeah. By the time we go, though, I'll be proficient in all of it. Oh, yeah. So you can do it all. Yeah. Absolutely. Those Australians have pretty good hair, too, at least in Instagram. Like all the Australians in, on Instagram have really good hair. Yeah. They're cute blondies, huh? Yeah. They're like ridiculously tanned and then really blonde. I hope that's me. At least the girls that I see on there anyhow. Well, do we need to have a conversation? (laughs) (laughs) Where's this going? (laughs) Just kidding. I am not the jealous type. I'll be like, you should show me. I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. There's a lot of van life people down there in Australia that that I follow. So many. And gosh, ridiculously good photographers too. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. Right. We have come full circle. That is us. That is that that is not all of us. That no. is a thread. So that yeah. is that is the small thread that ties where we are now as overlanders and YouTubers back to where we started. Right. And that is that is episode one of our podcast. You believe that? No, it's so weird. It's so crazy. But it's fun because I like I like it to look at your eyes and yeah. talk to you and well, see, I, and that was, I, I was really dual purpose in all of this because 
like I've said, we've we've not sat down and had like real good conversations. Like I really feel like we should do a series on just our trip. Yes. Because and I, we've talked about this before in that because you were so busy editing and filming and creating our social oh. management business. I joked one time that I was like, you're missing half this trip because you're so busy. And you're like, I am. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so it might be fun to, you know, maybe watch a few episodes and then talk about them. Oh, that sounds awesome. Like give everyone kind of the behind the scenes of, uh-huh. of what we were doing and why. Right. I think that's a great idea. What do you What do you guys think? We have some funny stories. We do have some funny stories. That did not get onto the YouTube. <laughs> So you guys will have to, uh, do you comment? Do you review it? Do you? Uh, I guess it depends on what platform you put this on. I don't know. I've got to figure all that out. I, I don't even have like a, what is it? Like podcasttube.com or something like that. We'll have to figure out where to put this stuff. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that was fun. That was so fun. Thanks for having a conversation with me. Yeah. Thanks for talking with me. It was great. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the next one. Me too. So. We're up to roughly an hour. Can you believe we've been talking for an hour? Yeah, I can believe that. And I still feel like we didn't touch on hardly anything. But I felt like it was a good beginning. So even if like we just take this and basically do it again, we could be a little more concise. We could. There's a couple bunny trails. Like no one needed to know about the whole engine thing on the Land Cruiser. You could. But just... here's the thing. like <laughs> The good podcasts... They just ramble you want and they don't that. edit. I know. You want That's that. how some of my favorite ones are. I mean, it's real conversation, y'all. Now, we didn't rabbit trail too hard. No. We didn't. I mean, we, we, we keep each other in line. Mm-hmm. We keep each other on track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like it was a success. All right, guys. Well, I think that wraps up episode one. I had fun. Yeah, I did too. I think it was, I think it was awesome. Yeah, we made it. Yeah. We're learning. We are. And it'll get better as we go. Just like with the YouTube videos. Absolutely. Every single one, there it always gets a little bit better. A little bit better. That's half the fun is watching it change. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So join us next time as we get marginally better. <laughs> and, talk, <laughs> and tell more of our stories. And tell more of our stories and, and run down more rabbit trails and just spend time with you guys around our virtual campfire. I don't think that's going to stick. I think it's cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I hope you're doing great wherever you are in this world. Until next time, safe travels. Yeah. Outro. <laughs> <laughs>